Welcome, welcome to the Pixels and Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and thanks again for joining me on this weird and wonderful journey of me just word vomiting my thoughts out there into the, the internet. Yeah, this is a second episode, and I'm glad I'm sticking to it. Um, I recorded one with my uncle Adam that'll probably be released next week. But this week, I just wanted to do another solo episode before we get guests on. Um, there's a couple of like life updates and what I'm playing and stuff like that. I just thought, you know what, I'll do, I'll do another solo episode. Just some more ramblings. So, what's going on in my life? Last night, actually, we had our daughter's first ever parents' evening. She's in reception at school, and it went really, really well. She's apparently an angel at school, which is a far cry of what she is at home, because she's a little devil, and she has lots of tantrums and stuff like that. But the teacher was just, like, so, so happy with how she's progressing with her reading, and she's, like, really kind to the other kids and stuff like that, and it just... It warms your heart knowing that your child is just nice. And another big thing that's happened this week is I decided to dye my hair blue. <laughs> a lot of people are saying, oh, are you trying to be ninja or something like that? There's, there's been a lot, a lot of jokes made about that. But uh, I don't actually know why I did it. I, I was literally just sat there the other night and I was like, I want blue hair. <laughs> so I said that to my wife and she was just like, I'll go get you some dye tomorrow because she has a history of dyeing her hair all sorts of different colours. And I've dyed my hair once before. It, I went like really bright green one year for a Halloween costume. Um, I went as a Joker, which it was Jared Leto Joker. Don't judge me. I, I don't know what I was thinking. We did the whole couple's costume thing. I just wanted her to be Carly Quinn, I think. <laughs> but uh, moving on. Yeah, I, I dyed my hair blue. It's come out really, really bright. It was brighter than what I thought it would be. But yeah, a lot of people said, well, why did you do that? And I get a lot of like funny looks when I'm dropping Daisy off at school, which <laughs> I think is hilarious. And actually last night at the, at the parents' evening, the teacher said, oh, all the kids were coming up to Daisy and saying, has your daddy got blue hair? And I was just like, yeah, I love the attention. <laughs> Positive or negative? I don't care. I, I like it. I like blue. Blue's my favourite colour. And the funny thing is, I match my car now because my car's like the same shade of blue. I must look like a right tit. <laughs> anyway, some of the big things this week was the Game of the Year list got announced. So all the nominees. And I just thought I'd cover that and give my thoughts on it. So we have Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Now, if you know me, you probably know what my pick is going to be for Game of the Year. Of course, it's Resident Evil 4 Remake because I have a giant, giant love for the first Resident Evil 4 and the fact that Capcom have went, remade the game and captured that essence and made it better in some ways. Like, I still prefer the original Resident Evil 4, don't get me wrong, but this game is incredible and I think it's game of the year for me like I played it seven or eight times and yeah we've got Marvel Spider-Man 2 as well I think that should be in there but I also think it's a little bit of a it's it's, it's a Sony game isn't it and Sony games are always going to make it in there now what people are saying one of one of the snubs was Starfield and is it game of the year material Starfield like 
I enjoyed it for what it was. I put about 30 hours into it, still haven't completed the main story. I just haven't really felt the need to go back to it with everything else that's came out between now and then. And I think, like, if you look at the list, what could be replaced? You could say Resident Evil 4 because, yeah, it's a remake and maybe that shouldn't be on there. But Alan Wake 2 deserves to be on there. I haven't played it personally, but from what I've heard, apparently it's an incredible game and it's definitely on my list. But like, Baldur's Gate is another one that came out of nowhere and everyone just seemed to love it. Maybe Super Mario Bros. Wonder, because it's, again, it's, I've played that now, and yeah, it's it's a decent enough game, it's fun and co-op, but it's just, it's more Mario, and you can't really go wrong with that sort of formula, like, yeah, it's a good game, but is it Game of the Year material? Maybe not. The same thing for um, Legend of Zelda, like, I haven't played Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom, because I've never really been a Legend of Zelda person, but from what I've seen, I know I might get crucified, it's more like an extension of Breath of the Wild. I know there's a lot of new things like with the crafting and stuff like that. Like, trust me, I edited the review for the channel and yeah, is it game of the year? Like, when you compare it to Baldur's Gate or Alan Wake 2, which are just, they have such huge reaches and they've just come out of nowhere and everybody's talking about them. More so than Spider-Man 2, I would say. Like, surely one of those two is going to get it. And yeah, Starfield not being on there. Ooh, Xbox is just like, whatever. It's it's just there existing over there with, with Game Pass and stuff like that. So I, I'm not one to take it personally. Like, a lot of people are just like, well, I, I I, have this console, so I need to feel validated by having my console's game be game of the year, but it doesn't really matter. I'm sure Baldur's Gate 3 is going to like sweep all the awards, like best RPG and stuff like that, because that game did come out of nowhere, and apparently it's incredible, and it is on my list to play. <sighs> that list is getting ever, ever longer as the days go on. Yeah, so I think, I think Baldur's Gate 3 is going to win game of the year, and... My personal game of the year, I'll probably talk about this in a future episode, is definitely Resident Evil 4. Now, another thing that I have been playing, what's just come back, it is currently the 14th of November, and Fortnite, yeah, Fortnite again, here we go, but yeah, Fortnite has brung the original map back. You've got Pleasant Park, Retail Row, Shifty Shaft, all that good stuff. It's back in Fortnite, and the best thing is... They've taken the twin mag, the red eye, the MK7, it's all gone. And back is the, the assault rifle, the FAMAS, the SCAR with bloom. So you've like the one of the best parts about this is you're not getting beamed by PC players from across the map because that was that was an issue with these hit scan guns. Like it it wasn't fair. Like I, as much as I love the twin mag and as much as I love melting people with that gun, like it's not really fair being a console player playing against that. But I digress. Yeah. The the OG maps out and I think it's like a month long event and I, I've been dabbling here and there. Like I've been playing with my squad, like rotating people in and out and we've been getting the dubs we've been getting the dubs don't you worry about that and I'm, I'm really enjoying going back to OG Fortnite with no build because yeah we don't play build anymore like I just think I, I'm not sweaty enough for that I'm definitely not sweaty enough I mean I can I can hold my own I remember a couple months ago me and Dave jumped on and I accidentally put us into build and we ended up getting the dub first game first dub on build and it was just like yeah that's fair that's fair but the building aspect doesn't really, like, do it for me anymore. So, yeah, no build on the original map is great. 
And I think they're they're um, updating it every week too with different the the going from season five, season six, season seven, and then all the way up to season ten. And yeah, then the the new map's gonna come out in December, I believe. But yeah, having a really like awesome time playing Fortnite. That's still kind of like my main multiplayer game. And other than that, I am playing. Well, I played Super Mario Bros. Wonder on Switch, and that was that. It was fine. It's just it's more Mario. Like it's a eight nine out of ten game. Like some of the stuff with the Wonder Seeds is cool. And I, I managed to get Daisy to play a little bit of the game. I've got a little, uh, I took a video of her and I put it on Twitter. And it's just her, like, she's just jumping up, trying to get the, the mushrooms and stuff like that. And she's having a whale of a time, bless her. She can't quite grasp the moving the sticks and pressing the buttons at the same time. But she'll get there, she'll get there. And speaking of that, I actually did buy Pokemon Let's Go as well for her Christmas present. And I'm very excited to play through that in co-op with her because the girl is Pokemon obsessed and I just want to get her into gaming. Like, I'm just like, come join daddy and we can play Fortnite together when you're old enough. And that'd be great. So yeah, Super Mario Wonder is a great game. Is it game of the year? I don't believe it is, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And then the game that I've put the most amount of time in in the last week or so is a little game called RoboQuest. Now, I believe this game's been out for about a year in early access on PC, but it just launched last week on Xbox Game Pass. I was on True Achievements just browsing as as I do, and I saw the 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 posted up the games that were on Game Pass and like they always put like a little trailer underneath. So I was having a having a scroll through watching it and I was like, "Holy crap, this game looks great." So I messaged ads and I said, "It's co-op and it looks like what I I described it as, what I still described as to people is it's like Doom meets Borderlands meets Hades." Because it's a roguelite, it's got doom elements where you're like jumping about, you can't stop moving and all that sort of thing. And then the Borderlands like art style, it's very comic booky, cartoony, and there's a million different guns you can use. And yeah, once I played this game, I'm not usually one to rave about roguelites because it's not really my cup of tea. Like you can play a run and then you die and then you've got to do it all again. It seemed a little bit repetitive and a little bit like, I think you've got to get the balance right between leveling up and like keeping your progression and feeling that sense of like accomplishment as you do runs. And it's just like, it, I feel like you have to invest a lot of time into these games. And for some reason, it ne- that genre never really clicked with me. But this game, RoboQuest, Something about it, man. It's just, oh, it's such a good game. And literally, I, I went on, me and Ads played it that night when it came out. Uh, we were getting our asses handed to her, like, because we didn't have any of the upgrades or anything like that. We didn't really know the mechanics. And it does this really cool thing where if you're playing in co-op, if you're, like, they call it your bro-bot, your, like, buddy. If they die... You can revive them, but reviving them takes half of your health away. And once you both lose all your health, that's it, you go back to the beginning. So you start off and you basically pick a couple of weapons and then you you just have to like go nuts on these robots. And the movement is really fluid, like you can get upgrades as you go. I think I've put about 12 hours into it now and I've completed about seven or eight runs. I was I think I'm gonna try and get all the achievements in there. I think I've got about 700 G currently on it. Yeah, it's just so much fun. And the re- the repetitive aspect of it kind of doesn't really like kick in. Well, it hasn't kicked in for me yet because there's so many different play styles you can choose. There's different classes. Like I said, there's different guns. You can have like a melee build. You can have like a 
rocket launcher build and stuff like that and it's it's so so good like i can't recommend this game enough if you like these sort of like fast paced action heavy shooting games like this is one you have to have to give a go to and i believe it's on pc game pass as well I will say playing it in co-op is definitely harder than playing it solo because, like I said, you the I think the enemies take a little bit more damage and they t they're a little bit harder to kill, which is you've got two people running around, like you can aggro the enemies and stuff like that. But yeah, even playing it in solo, I don't think it'll get boring anytime soon. And I'm having just a whale of a time with that. I even said I want to like try and get the people at work playing it too. I'm, I'm, I'm there typing in the chat saying, you've got to play RoboQuest. Like, please play RoboQuest. It's so good. Don't sleep on this game because it's, it is it is incredible. And I could rave about it all day, but I'm not going to bore you with that. Um, moving on. So moving on, this uh, trend is going around, which is um, GTA then versus now. And I think it's been 10 years since GTA 5 has come out. So on X or Twitter, this thing's going around like everyone posting pictures of themselves 10 years ago. Because all this hype's around in GTA 6 and there's going to be a trailer next month and all that good stuff. So yeah, I, <laughs> I joined in on this and it's just hilarious seeing like baby face Dan. I think in the picture that I put up on Twitter, I've got like a pint in my hand and I, I can remember this. We're at the Fox pub and I look so young. Like I, I've got no facial hair, no bags, no crow's feet or anything like that. And it's just baby face me with a pint. And I'm just looking at it and thinking, how did I get served? Like I must have, yeah, I would have been just turned 18 because I was born in 95. So I would have had ID, but like, God, I look so, so young. It's like, take me back. Take me back then to when my knees didn't hurt and when I didn't have crow's feet. <laughs> and then you've got the picture now where I've got blue hair. And it's just it's just funny to see the contrast. And it's hard to believe it's been 10 years since Grand Theft Auto V came out. And now I'm not the, the hugest Grand Theft Auto player. I think I was always more Team Saints Row, like in the 360 era. So I kind of fell off. Like I did play GTA 4. I didn't really click with that and I played GTA 5 I thought was good and it's crazy that GTA 6 is real and it's coming out and I can't believe it. It's probably going to be one that I get on launch I think um, and I, I hope they focus more on the single player campaign than GTA Online because I don't want that like suffering. I don't think it will like Rockstar always do that well. But I think my biggest issue with GTA 5 was the control scheme. Now, I had this with Red Dead Redemption 2 as well. Like, I could never fully get into Red Dead 2, as much as it pains me to say, because, like, that game is beautiful and it just looks incredible and everybody says it's 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 amazing and all that sort of stuff. And I know the ending because of having to do videos to work and stuff like that. So I know a lot of the, the ins and outs, all the Easter eggs and stuff like that. But for some reason, Rockstar Games... Even Bully, like, even going back to Bully, like, you've got to tap A to sprint. And it's just, uh, it's so counterintuitive, I think. Like, well, come on, Rockstar, like, get your control schemes nailed down. Maybe I should play on PC. Maybe that's the issue. And then moving on from GTA, Modern Warfare 3 has just been released. Now, my friend Liam has just bought this game and he's he was a person I used to play zombies with back in the day and he was trying to get me to buy it and I was like, I am not purchasing another Call of Duty for as long as I live because I've done it almost every year and every year I buy it, I regret it because it's either broken or just not good not fun and again we we get this sledgehammer games is modern warfare 3 and this one is an absolute shit show so they, they did this thing where they've brought all the modern warfare 2 maps back the original modern warfare 2 trying to get the the og fans in and obviously i 
being round about 14 at the time Modern Warfare 2 came out, that's my jam, isn't it? I spent so much time playing that game with just my squad, and it was a different time back then, I tell you that much. Those Modern Warfare 2 lobbies were brutal. But bring back, bring back the intervention with the thermal, bring back the M4 with the heartbeat and the red dot sight. God. And see, I, I was so close to buying into this Call of Duty, and that's what they were, Activision were like, hedging their bets on, they're trying to use that nostalgia against you. But no, I will not fall for it this time because, oh my goodness, everything that's come out about this game sounds absolutely dreadful. The campaign is apparently four hours long, <laughs> which is insane. Like, how can they get away with that? It's I've heard it's just like the, the first couple of missions are good, but then it's like very like DMZ Warzone map-esque or something like that. Like, I don't know, I've not played it, but yeah, it's it's so, such a weird thing that it was supposed to be DLC for Modern Warfare 2, and apparently you can tell. And I've heard the zombies is like open world now, it's not round-based, and that doesn't do anything for me. Like, bring back the OG zombies, bring back the, the round-based stuff that isn't dreadful. I don't know why they're putting zombies in Modern Warfare anyway, because that was always a Triarch thing. But I guess it's better than Spec Ops, because, good God, Spec Ops sucked. But it's just funny how they're still managing to just rip people off all these years later. Like, Activision has no shame. And I'm hoping that with the acquisition, it'll eventually go to Game Pass. I'm not going to lose any sleep over Call of Duty, though. Like, <sighs> all the signs were there that it was going to be bad, and it's bad. I think IGN gave it a 4 out of 10, which is hilarious, considering IGN give the shittest games 7 out of 10. So if, if they're even giving it a 4 out of 10, you know you've messed up somewhere. And another big thing doing the rounds this week is the, the PlayStation Slim and the PS Portable have been released, I believe. <sighs> so let's let's talk about the PlayStation Slim first. This thing, when you look at pictures of it, it's I'm I'm in the camp that thinks the original PS5 is ugly. It it it's it's an eyesore and it didn't need to be that much of a like statement piece. I like simple designs like the PS4 original that looks like the the slanted edges are beautiful. Chef's kiss. Oh, peak design. Like take away the glossy plastic thing that got all the scratches on take that away and then yeah you've got the perfect console design it was a little bit big in terms of like wideness but yeah just give me something simple then the the, the ps5 came out and it's just like everyone was making the comparison it looks like a, a router a router whatever however you say that and it's huge the thing is absolutely huge now they've brought out this ps slim and it's slightly smaller I don't even know why, because they haven't upgraded any of the internals. It just seems like they're trying to cash in on the, the, the holiday, like, people trying to buy it. I know it was very difficult to get the PS5 originally, but when you think about it, well, what, like, three three years into this console cycle, and there's not... Uh, there's no killer game that's been released yet, in my opinion. You don't have that game where you have to buy the console for. Like, I bought my PS5 because I wanted Spider-Man 2, and I wanted to play Miles Morales on PS5, and other than that, it's a bit of a paperweight because I do the majority of my third-party gaming on the Xbox because I prefer the controller. I like having the 120 FPS options and all that sort of thing. But yeah, this, this PlayStation Slim's come out, and it's just like, why? Why not wait until a couple of years' time and then 
release a console that is smaller but also has upgraded internals i just can't see why you'd want to upgrade if you've already got a ps5 and then the 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 playstation portable things also just come out and it's like basically a controller that's just had a screen slapped in the middle of it and it's a bit of a weird one considering you'd assume the target audience for this would be like really small because you have to be connected to the ps5 to use it I've heard the latency is meant to be really good for single player games, which is awesome. I can't help but think this is a very, very niche product. And it's like Sony are just releasing it for the sake of releasing it. Like I'd rather buy like a Steam Deck, if I'm being honest. I know it's more expensive, but yeah, it's not. I'm definitely not the target market for that. And I was just thinking like in terms of size, if you look at the Xbox Series S, that thing is tiny. Like people's hands are bigger than that console. That's how small it is. If you want to take that somewhere with you, or even the Series X to an extent, it's big and bulky. It's a box. It's an Xbox. But if you want to slide that in your bag, it'll fit no problem. Whereas a PS5, that thing, it's weird shapes. It looks like the faceplates are going to be a little bit brittle, and I wouldn't really want to, like, transport it anywhere. I don't know. I'm very much, like, I like simple designs, and I kind of wish the console had been black as well, because I prefer black peripherals because my setup is white like i've got a white desk white like shelves white poster frames and stuff like that but the console like stands the xbox stands out because it's it's black and then the playstation's white it kind of goes black and white i've got a whole theme going on like i'm a huge newcastle fan so yeah black and white kind of works but still i'm just complaining to complain here but actually uh, another thing i bought this week was the gears of war 4 limited edition jd phoenix statue now that just got delivered the other day and this thing is huge i paid 45 pounds i believe which is a hell of a deal considering it's a giant statue i'm very into like collecting gaming statues at the minute like i've got the gears 3 one i've got the spider-man one the spider-man 2 19 inches of venom i've got the leon kennedy one from resident evil 4 yeah i'm kind of spending a lot of money on these statues don't tell my wife (laughs) um but yeah it's i'm trying to downsize my collection currently because i've got so much stuff and not enough room to display it i just got a new shelf the other day from b&m it was 25 quid it's a white shelf but it has like a light underneath it so i'm gonna try and get a couple of those put them above my monitor and move like the square shelves that i've got on my wall somewhere else but i'm running out of space for things and yeah it's it's a real problem i'm not a hoarder i promise i just like collecting stuff Right, and I've I've been rambling for a hell of a long time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna round this episode off with like a 360 update. If you listen to the last episode, you know I've recently started collecting for Xbox 360, and I've got a few games since then that I'd like to mention. So I went to CEX and I got Time Shift for one pound fifty, I believe. And Time Shift was one of those games that I played when I was younger. I can remember playing the multiplayer a lot, but it's a game that you never really hear anybody talk about. And it has some very interesting aspects to it, the whole time manipulation. Like in the game, you can control time basically with your suit and you can go backwards in time. You can slow time down and you can also pause time. And one of the very interesting things in this game is like enemies can chuck sticky grenades at you. And you can use your suit to manipulate time so you can reverse it so then the grenade gets unstuck from you but it's still on that timer. 
so it'll go back to the enemy and then it'll explode. And yeah, I've been playing that on the hardest difficulty because I was gonna go for the achievements on it and it's very of its time. I think maybe it was a 2009 release. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but it's around about that time. It's very of its era. It's a little bit janky. You can't sprint, which is a bit shit because there's there's often cases where you'll be out in the open and there's like a hell of a lot of enemies shooting at you. You have to use your, your, your time suit to then pause time, run back into cover and like heal up that way. But I think a sprint button would have been nice. But yeah, I think Time Shift is very overlooked. It was, I don't think it's a long game by any stretch of the imagination, but it's one of those like, it's like Dark Sector, that that game is very of its time. It's got that whole filter thing on it and it's a fun as hell game, but it's just kind of overlooked because nobody really talks about it anymore. And I, I really want to get back into Time Shift's multiplayer, but I don't know anybody who has an Xbox 360 who would also want to play that because again, that took the whole time aspect and you could you could take that online and do things with it there and it was really fun and another game i've been playing on 360 i was going through the whole xbox live arcade just looking to see what is still available before like the store shuts down and hexic hd is still there and it's still free so i was like god this brings back memories of like early 2006 like when i first got my 360 the big white fat model the 20 gig model and this i think this came preloaded so i was like eh, i'm gonna chuck uh, hexic on for a little bit and it's harder than i remember like because you, you, you put the the patterns together and you make the stars and you join all the stars together and yeah i'm not very good at hexic but yeah it's, it's just a fun trip down memory lane and this is the reason i got my 360 like i know some of these games are backwards compatible but just playing them on 360 with that controller is just it's just nostalgia like just hook it up to his and actually uh, i was in cex on sunday i believe and i saw tony hawk's american wasteland and that's one that's on my big massive list of games it was 15 pound and i was a little bit apprehensive on picking it up for that much because it seemed like a lot of money when you look at some of these games out going for two three pound like some of the classics but i was like ah you know what i'm gonna treat myself it's nearly christmas go on so i bought that and i, I booted that up and played a little bit of that and i, I forgot you could like like ride on a BMX and stuff like that and I just that's another game that I remember playing back in the day and having an incredible time on and I'm just trying to like recapture some of that nostalgia and just go back to some of my like gaming roots a little bit because I think it's really important that we don't get too stuck up on all this modern gaming like bullshit because there's a lot of stuff coming out at the minute that's filled with microtransactions filled with scummy practices and stuff like that but You've got to remember there's thousands and thousands and thousands of games out there that you can still play and I'm really finding it quite therapeutic to go back and play some of these older titles because again it's reminding me of my youth and reminding me of where I was at that point and I just think it's fun to go back and play this sort of stuff. Another couple of games I picked up at the weekend was Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock and Guitar Hero World Tour. Now, I've been making my way through Guitar Hero 5 because I got that whole set thing and I'm going to try and do like one at a time. And one thing I've noticed is my wrist gets really like crampy, if that's a word. It gets really, I can play two or three songs on Expert and that's it. My wrist is like, no more, no more. Like my pinky starts to hurt a little bit. So I need to build up my Guitar Hero Endurance because I used to be able to like shred with not the best of them, but I could I could hold my own on expert, but I'm I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Maybe maybe I'm just too old these days. 
And lastly, <laughs> this one is a terrible, terrible buy in terms of being a collector and having too much stuff. But it's something I always wanted to get into. And it's Disney Infinity because one, the figures are so cool. And two, I just wanted to try the game out. I thought, again, this could potentially be another one I play with my daughter when she's a little bit older. It's Because it's very, like, kid-focused. So, yeah, I bought the 2.0 playset. It came with Iron Man, Black Widow, and Thor. And it came with, like, the, the like, little math thing that you put the characters on to play the game. And that was £2. So, uh, it was, like, £2 for that. It's, it's It came in a big, massive box and all that. And it was like, yeah, why not? Then I decided to get a couple of more figures. I got like Jack Skellington, I got Anakin Skywalker, Spider-Man, Venom. And this is going to be another one where I think, oh crap, I'm collecting these now. And it's going to be sort of a problem, but eh, I'm going to try and pace myself. It's more so the space than anything because I'm running out of space in this man cave slash office thing so i'm gonna if i do like continue to collect them i'm gonna have to figure out like a way to display them without it being uh, over the top like i could put them on the desk in front of the tv but i think it might look a little bit cluttered so that that's a whole thing and yeah other than that uh, that's basically what's going on in my gaming life like lately i've just decided to order a couple of packs of paradox rift the pokemon card so after 151 i was like i'm gonna slow down on this because i had this whole quest of collecting the whole pokedex in pokemon cards like i might go into this in a future video but then 151 came out and i was like right i'm gonna put that to the side and try and get all 151 pokemon to put in the like you get i got this mew binder thing and i was gonna get all the 151 cards and put them in there so then yeah, I did that. There's, a, I think I need about six more cards to complete that set, like just the, the 151. And then my corner shop started selling Paradox Rift and I was like, oh, I, took, I took Daisy to the shop the other day after school because she wanted some sweets. And I just saw it there and I was like, one pack won't hurt. So I got one pack and I pulled this illustration rare Iron Moth and it's such a beautiful card. And I was like, shit. I'm back in. So I bought two more packs. I think my wife bought us a pack as well. I got a couple more pulls. And it's like, I should quit while I'm ahead. But something about this these Pokemon cards, man, it's so addicting. Just It's gambling, but like the rush you get from opening a set of Pokemon cards and just getting a pull, it, you, I can't describe it. Like this, again, it's very, very nostalgia-like based. Like it's hitting those feels when I was a kid and I would open Pokemon packs. And yeah, it's just fun. Like I'm not one of those people that are in it for like the investment and the the monetary value i just like looking at the pretty cards looking at the artwork getting cool art and a couple of cards that i have bought i've just picked them up i'm looking at them now like i bought some singles just cheap like character rare cards and stuff like that just because i like the artwork and I, i'm gonna have to like find out a, a creative way to display those too but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go in more into pokemon cards in a future episode i think yeah, other than that, I hope everyone has enjoyed the first two episodes of this and I hope you can subscribe and like the podcast and it's on Spotify and it's on iTunes and all that good stuff. Like, it's I'm just doing this because it's it's a fun outlet for me. Like, I like just talking about stuff in my life and I hope everyone enjoyed listening to it and I'm going to have to eventually figure out a good way to end these. But yeah, for now, I've been Dan and I'll catch you in the next one.